I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Well, hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Is It Just Me? The podcast we like to think reassures you you're not alone in getting really het up and venty about the really not very important stuff in life. Um, I'm one of your hosts, I'm James Williams, and in fact, I hate to break it to you people, I'm your only host this week, because my usual lovely co-host, Jo Elvin, she's somewhere glamorous, sunning herself on a beach, uh, enjoying her holiday. Joe, if you're listening, I'm trying to keep it together, but I do miss you, so hurry back. Uh, but don't freak out totally, people. It's not just going to be me blathering on for the next 30 minutes. I do have a, a fantastic guest with me, and it's a bit of a special one today, because she's not just a guest and a very great guest. She's an old work colleague and a very Aww. dear friend, that you can hear her. Um, she's the <laughs> editor of the biggest bridal magazine, The Country. Uh, and she's also just published her very excellent, is that correct English? I'm not sure it is. It's excellent, very yeah. excellent, <laughs> very excellent debut novel, uh, The Almost Wife. It's the lovely Jade yeah, Beer. Oh, thank you so much. What? It's like we've skidded back in time, like 10, 15 years. I also, good old days. I also feel like this is going to be a massive big, big sort of pretend game. But I'm, we're going to pretend to be rather professional for the next half an hour <laughs> while we discuss what's going on with you and it your world. It won't matter. I've seen you in some very <laughs> unprofessional situations. You can't fool me. We least, the least said about that, the better. So anyway, do you Jade, thank you. We're first of all in your lovely office. Jewel Towers. Yeah. <laughs> We're here in your very, it's very serene, your office. Yes. I basically moved back into this office about three or four weeks ago. So I had a totally blank canvas. So obviously I've had to go Tiffany blue on the walls. It's very, very nice. Very keeping. Very calming. I'm trying to sort of make it look a little bit like a boutique hotel. Well, you're, you're, I think you're achieving it. I'm getting there, aren't I? We've got the Jamie Aston flowers, the candles, the velvet sofa. Now, all jokes aside, do you say that because you spend a lot of time in this office? Yes. Hours in this office. I think people are really misunderstand sometimes the job of a magazine editor they think you're swanning around having blowers and manicures which obviously <laughs> when she says blowers people she means a blow dry <laughs> so i must clarify let's clarify that okay yes a blow dry which obviously i do spend an awful lot of time doing but most of it is at a desk churning through copy 
And seeing every picture that goes in the mag and reading every word. So yeah. you want it to be comfortable, yeah? I, absolutely. No, I agree with you. And I, I'm very comfortable. Um, <laughs> but also, I mean, we need to talk about how you juggle your time. Because aside from being, obviously, a very successful editor, uh, we'll come on to your book, which I have read and I loved. And I read very quickly, oh. which is, I think is a good compliment to you it's as well. But you're also a mum. You don't live permanently in London. How do you... I mean, I think lots of our listeners are probably women who are juggling spinning lots of plates how the hell do you do all this it is hard but you have to have um you have to make your husband your slave <laughs> the <laughs> lovely mr beer <laughs> hello mr beer for listening to, basically he um i couldn't do it without him really yeah. because he is in the cotswolds he handles that side of things he also works full time yeah but he works from home so he gets up in the morning manages the whole childcare thing nursery drop school drop does his day from the kitchen table and then does it all at the other end of the day which means the second I leave the house I literally don't give those children a second thought which <laughs> in is the best really, possible way <laughs> which is an awful <laughs> thing to say but you have to be that yeah. way don't you you have to arrive at the office fully focused and on it so mm. I mean I tend to get on a train at about 20 past seven in the morning and then I work for the hour and a half commute in and then I work for the hour and a half commute home. So my working day is incredibly long. Um, is, that, is that where you wrote the book, yeah. On Those Train Journeys? It is. And if GWR ever ran on time, it would never have got finished. Because, <laughs> you know, you get on the train. The journey should be an hour and a half. Most days it's more like two, sometimes two and a half. So I literally would go into the quiet carriage, pop the earplugs in, and then just bash out. I ha- I. I um, committed to a chapter a week yeah so if you work in magazines that is kind of three thousand words a week which equates to about one feature a week so yeah. it's totally doable but you had to be relentlessly focused and use um use the train journey i used to hate people that would get on and like immediately start watching episodes of their favorite tv shows or just get their novel <laughs> out and have a relaxed commute. as in you were so envious of them so envious of them because um and having that need because i was working I hated people making noise around me in the carriage as well. If somebody opened a packet of crisps, no, I couldn't handle it. It had to be silence. So thank God they ha- they do actually have those quiet carriages, otherwise it wouldn't have happened. But I do love the fact you've actually turned, you know, a severe train delays into a positive. It's a silver <laughs> lining there. Just write novels, people. If you're in it, if you are stuck and you are held at yeah. ransom to these terrible train service yeah. providers, just write a novel. At least you would feel like you're achieving something. And yeah. also, you, I would answer all my emails so by the time I got into the office, I mean, I think, to be honest, I used to drive, well, I continue to drive people here a bit mad because... You've been awake so long. Yeah, you're like <laughs> fully up to speed by the time you breeze yeah. in. And they're just kind of like... On Getting their, their coffee, coffee or having yeah. Yeah, their prep breakfast. You're already halfway through your working day. Yeah. So you're irritatingly on it when it you get is to the funny i notice a massive difference in terms of my productivity when i started exercising in the morning before coming to work yes. you know when you're there you hit the ground running because you've yeah. essentially been awake you've done a work you know you're actually yeah. you're fully your body and your mind are ready to go yeah. the flip um, side of that is you're no use to anyone after about 3 30 <laughs> that's when i move over to the sofa <laughs> It does it very comfy. <laughs> but look, and obviously the result of, you know, the, these long train journeys and come on, very committed hard work on your part mm. is your debut novel, uh, debut novel, I should debut. say, uh, The Almost Wife. Yes. Uh, tell us a bit about it. I mean, I've read it, but I think you should give her yes, a bit it, of a sell on this it, one. So it basically tells the story of three women who are all engaged to be married this one particular summer in the Cotswolds. And when the book opens, they don't know each other at all. But they are united by the fact that they're all buying their wedding dresses through the same boutique. 
and that boutique is owned by the fourth character in the book Helen um, so she pulls them all together so they don't know each other at the beginning but by the end of the book all of their stories of of cross paths basically and the, in the final scene of the book they all end up in the same room together um, but it it is an incredibly sad book in mm. many ways. There are some real weepy scenes in it. Well, and you've had some stick off Amazon, haven't you? Lots of people <laughs> say you've made them cry. <laughs> in a good way. Which I intended to. I don't yeah. know about you, but when I read a book, if it doesn't like create that reaction in you, then it's just completely forgettable. I have to say, I mean, you, you know, it, 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 well, you could be easily manipulated, can't you, watching films and TV shows because yeah. the soundtrack and the camera angles and just the natural sort of way the drama builds and unfolds. Yeah. It's easy to, promo- to provoke that kind of reaction. Yeah. I always say if a book makes you cry, yeah. it's really powerful because, mm-hmm. you know, it's all happening. It's the yeah. words off the page and what's happening in your mind. And it is an amazing thing to be able to do in the sense that you know our day jobs such as they are are all about responding to a flat plan and deadlines and it's it's quite methodical Mm. and thought through but when you're writing a novel you can go anywhere with it and so the the idea that you can create a character and you can create a moment and a scene that is actually so sad it makes someone cry is amazing and I have to say I just love the whole process of doing it and and also, there's one character in the book, Jessie, who is horrendous at yeah. the beginning of the book. I mean, she's raging <laughs> out of control. Well, I wanted to ask you, have you met, through the course of your work at Bright's, how many Jessies have you met? A lot. So she, she's the ultimate bridezilla, she's, isn't she? She's totally real. I don't think there's anything that she does in the book that I haven't experienced. Yeah. And I think that's what's great about this book, is the fact that you've chosen something that, you know, if you are if you are getting married or if you've been to lots of weddings, if you've been any of these people that have been, you know... But basically been asked to do lots of things in the name of being a bridesmaid for example yeah. you will read this book and relish it because it's basically all the kind of horror stories that yeah. you've acquired over the years yeah and and there's a lot of it like you you never meet somebody who has all of those things in one person so jesse is an amalgamation of all of those horror stories that i've overheard in the kind of seven years that i've been here so the book opening opens with her throwing a massive strop because these 300-year-old oak trees are blocking the sunlight that will fall on the terrace where she wants to have her champagne reception. And she cannot understand why. If she pays enough money, they can't just be ripped down. <laughs> so that sets the tone for what yeah. she's like. And and she goes on from there. And she, you know, she asks things like she doesn't want any of what she deems to be her ugly guests <laughs> sat at the end of the aisles yeah. of the church because she knows that they're the people that will get caught in the pictures when she's coming back <laughs> down the aisle. So she goes to massive lengths to orchestrate this picture-perfect wedding. And, yeah, I mean, you hear so many stories throughout the course of, you know, an average week in this place because if you think about it, when women kind of cross our paths on a bridal magazine, you are capturing them at the most potent point in their lives so if they're prone to being emotional or they're prone to being funny or they're prone to being erratic then the chances are in that kind of year of planning their wedding all those things get amplified to a quite crazy level in some cases and and obviously not every woman's like that but you do meet a lot of women who are yeah and and obviously you know it's well, prime fodder for your book, basically, wasn't it? Yes. Did it almost write itself? Or was it, did you find it yeah, hard? Uh, no, I have to say I found it very easy to yeah. write, which you don't know when you sit down to do it. I mean, you don't know how to write a book. Just because you can edit a magazine doesn't mean you can write a book. So I did do that thing of take myself off onto a creative writing course, spent 12 weeks learning how to write fiction. 
And the great thing about the course was all the modules, which I did entirely over email with a tutor, they were all geared to you starting your novel. So it wasn't this big theoretical thing that then wasn't put into practice. So by the end of 12 weeks, you've got your first chapters up and running. And the, the chapter I wrote as part of that course was the chapter that, that actually ended up in the book. So it was really useful to do. Wow. So anyone, any budding novelists out there, yeah. that's a good way to go, you think? Because I think that's the yeah. problem. I think lots of people, well, the old you know, hackneyed expression is, we've all got a book in us. Yeah. But I just don't know where I'd even begin. I'm so that's good to you hear. I'm surprised you haven't banged one out with the <laughs> amount of celebrity dirt you know. I'd never work in this town again. <laughs> I um, mean, you'd never set foot in Vogue House again, yeah. would you? Imagine. <laughs> Burn imagine all my bridges. Like. <laughs> it's so juicy. Oh, but yeah, but that is good to know. So if anyone yeah. is listening, and you, you'd highly recommend going down that path, of actually... I, I think it's essential, because yeah. there were so many things that I just didn't know. And you read a book, obviously, when you're reading it as the reader, as opposed to someone who's wanting to write a book, you take it very much at face value, and you're not really aware of the technicalities that that writer has done. Um, so things like this whole thing of show, don't tell, you know, you have to keep the action in the present and you have to write a book if you want, the theory goes, if you want people to really engage with your words, you have to write it as if the action is unfolding right there and then in front of their eyes. And that is the complete opposite of how you write when you're a journalist, when you're reflecting and telling a story of something that has generally already happened. So you had to completely rework the way or I did, the way that I was used to writing. And it totally did not come naturally to me at first. So I think if I'd sat down and just tried to write the book, it wouldn't have worked. So I had to go through the 12 weeks of like, yeah. okay, now I get it. Top tip, I'm liking that. Top and tip. and obviously there is a second book. Oh, you've already written the second book? I've or written you the second book. Written, I mean, you know, you're a machine now, lady. <laughs> um, and obviously... Turning it out. And so when's the second book out? So the second book is out at the end of October because this is apparently the way they yeah. like to do things. Wow. That when the first one's out and it's kind of flying high, then they want the second one out really quickly. So if you're sat there listening to this thinking, I haven't even read the first book yet. You better get, you know, you get yourself get in order. It. Get on it, people. It's available in all good bookshops, right? And uh, obviously on Amazon. Amazon is where you can get it. Yeah. yeah. So um, um, get involved. It's yeah. The Almost Wife, Jade Beer. Check it out. I can vouch for it. I, I wrote, uh, I read it in one weekend. It was brilliant. Aww, so, and you. I know I'm biased, but it's great. So uh, check it out, people, uh, on Amazon right now. And anyway, now on to the important things now, Jade. I mean, obviously your book's yeah. very important, but now What's we have to do some sort of serious debating about okay, some very right, serious let's topics. Let's do it. <laughs> Is it just me, Jade, that kind of rejoices when I see child-free invites on weddings? Now, I know this is going to be controversial, and I don't mean to offend any of my friends or any of our listeners who have children. I love children. But I I secretly like it. And actually, I would argue my friends who have children are quite grateful when they see those invitations. Is it just me? I had a child-free wedding. Hey. And there's no way at that point in my life, it was obviously before I had my own children, I personally would not have wanted this day that I've spent so much money and time planning. I personally wouldn't have wanted to see loads of kids running around. Mm. And I also wanted my mates that were there that did have kids to totally enter into this massive thing that I'd been planning for Mm. a year. But I do wonder if the old Meghan Markle's going to change all of that because she had so many little maids at her wedding. And it did look adorable. And it did look adorable. And I think that slightly opens the floodgates then for everybody thinking, actually, kids are kind of back in. Yeah, but you're the expert here. But see, my feeling on that is I think they're the exception 
exception. So, for mm-hmm. example, my idea of a child-free wedding would be not everyone can bring their kids. But obviously, yeah. if you are somebody who's getting married and you've got nieces or nephews or little cousins or even younger siblings, then, of course, I get that they would be somehow involved in the ceremony and yeah. a, a small portion of them would be <laughs> a small, <laughs> controllable group. Um, Just the so nice ones. I think that's an exception. I don't think that necessarily yeah. opens the floodgates or for does everyone it? Else. I think it makes it a lot harder for really? you to deny other people. And also, you have to bear in mind that some people will just bring them anyway. <laughs> that happened at my wedding. Really? Yeah, even despite the fact that we had made it pretty clear we yeah. didn't want them there, there are people that turn up with them. I think the general feeling is, if it's kind of babes in arms, you have to turn a blind eye and mm. they're coming. Um, if they can talk and walk. They if can... they can talk and walk. The best thing you can do, if you're going to have them, because you just feel like there's too many people that have got kids that then wouldn't be able to come, because mm. that's the thing you have to bear in mind. If you say no kids, there will be some people that won't come to your wedding because of it. And where do you stand on that? Because my, again, my argument is my friends who've had kids, like I said, they then go, great, this is my excuse to get the yeah. babysitters in. I'm off the leash. I can yeah. get drunk at the wedding. I can stay yeah. over. I can have a lie-in the next day. Yeah. And to me, those are my friends who I would argue are people who just happen to be parents. They're not people who've made their kids their world. You know, yeah. that you, I think this, yeah. this goes down to people who have kids and their personalities change altogether and they yeah. lose sight of their, themselves and it's all about their kids. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, it's very rare that I've, I, you know, I mean, I, I have heard stories about other friends who have basically, you know, when they've said no kids, those friends have actually got very upset oh, and yeah. said they're not coming. We've I mean, had that. really? Yeah. We had a couple that didn't come to our wedding because we'd said mm. no kids. And I remember being really surprised at the time that it was like for one night, really, mm. you wouldn't be away from them. Yeah. They were definitely in the minority. The thing is now companies there are lots of companies that have wised up to this and you can hire people this is all assuming your budget stretches to it yeah but you can hire people who will come in they will pitch in an amazing tp tent they will literally take those kids for the entire duration of the wedding you decide if you want the children to come and join you for the meal and then go back in the tp fine they'll even camp out with your kids overnight so you can potentially go down that route if you want to. those people to come. Because I think that's the risk. If You might end up having some of your best mates not at the wedding yeah. if you say no kids. And I guess it does depend. Because obviously, if you already have kids yourself, you know, yeah. you're going to want to... Ha- if you're getting married and, you know, you're going to yeah. want your kids at your wedding and therefore, you know, yeah. as you say, you've made one rule for yourselves and then a different rule for everybody else. But yeah. I don't know. I, I just always find it weird, I guess, when... I always think, hey, if I'm being invited to the wedding, when, well, to be honest, I made a pact with myself a long time ago. I only go to weddings now of people I genuinely like and love yeah. because, to be honest, they are, a, they're, yeah, they're a big expense. They're a lot of hassle. And, mm. you know, I now only go. So, to be honest, I then, then, by that rationale, bow to, well, whatever that person wants, I yeah. will just suck up and do personally, think, you know? Yeah, I mean, that is, I think, the, probably mm. the best way to look at it. And not, t- not take it so personally. Yeah. And I think that's even true of, you know, I've heard friends recently that get really upset that they haven't been given plus ones to weddings. Yeah. And I mean, maybe I'm just the eternal tragic singleton, but I'm so used to going to <laughs> weddings alone. I, you know, I would never imagine being upset and not going to a wedding no. because I, I wasn't allowed to bring somebody. And also, if you're being offered a night off as a parent, why wouldn't you take that? Exactly. I suppose it just comes down to who, whether you've got people who can have them. Yeah, that the is The only true. thing is, loads of photographers have said to me over the course of the years, 
you should have kids at your wedding. Oh, why? Because they make them more fun. Yeah, wedding photographers nine times out of ten will say the best images will be the ones with the kids in. Yeah, they're really cute. They have a total disregard for formality, <laughs> that so is they true. completely <laughs> lighten the mood. But at the same time, then they'll also just start saying and screaming during the vows. Yeah. So and you I, know, and I have been at weddings where that's <laughs> so happened, and you you're sat there, <laughs> and I could hear this kid kicking off, you know, a, a few pews back. And I could see the bride was dealing with it fine, but the groom wasn't. Mm. And he kept flicking the death stare down the aisle <laughs> to the parents. And they weren't reacting to it. Oh. And everybody else was thinking, take the kid out, take the kid out. And in the end, the groom said, can you take him out? Oh, my God. Actually, in the middle of the That service. is awkward. And that was And that's what I mean. I think the second, you know, because it's a bit like having a kid kicking off in f- on a plane. You know, you feel sorry, oh, don't yeah. you? And it makes everyone a bit uncomfortable. So yeah. I think if you can take away any of that, potential for social awkwardness yes. and I, I don't deal with social social awkwardness very well uh, I'm all for it uh, but you know if, if you are sat there thinking what the hell are these two talking about I disagree totally uh, do email us we love hearing from you guys you know we do um, yeah the email address is um, uh, is it just me podcast at gmail.com drop us an email let us know what you think on that subject or anything else we talk about today and do feel free to suggest um, future topics uh, and we may give you a shout out on a future show Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss hey it's ryan reynolds and i'm here with keith co-star of my upcoming film if only in theaters may 17th do you want to tell people the big news all right i'll do it. sign up now and you'll get unlimited for 15 dollars a month in six months of paramount plus essential plan on us mintmobile.com slash switch upfront payment of 45 dollars, equivalent to 15 dollars per month unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month face lower speeds videos at 480p active mint customers by 531 24 get six months of paramount plus essential plan auto renews after six months offer ends may 31st 2024 separate paramount plus registration required terms and conditions apply if rated pg <laughs> Is it just me that has hanger issues? I mean, it is well known. When we make the trip twice a year out to New York to see the bridal shows, I carry the mother of all snack boxes with me. And that has to remain in the car for the entire duration of the trip. And I can't be more than like an arm's length away from it because... Uh, if I need to eat, I need to eat like now, not in mm. half an hour, not in an hour now. Otherwise, I, I almost can't control it. Yeah, it is. Ri- it must be a physiological thing within yeah. me. It's the, obviously the blood sugar thing. Mm. But I reckon I probably eat. I don't know, maybe ten mini meals a day. <laughs> can't help it. So you're little and often. Yeah, little and often, and I really try and make it healthy. 
the nuts or a banana or you know a piece of fruit whatever because otherwise i mean i'd be notching up six or seven thousand calories a day probably. yeah and do you become noticeably irritable the tolerance for anything that you would normally be able to deal with whether mm. it's somebody i don't know coming in here complaining about somebody else or an awkward phone conversation a slow you've walker got to have, a slow <laughs> walker a phone call from your mom <laughs> all of that stuff zero patience yeah. for it you know, I find when I get home in the evening, I walk through the door and if my dinner isn't on the table. <laughs> <laughs> and I've already had probably three or four snacks on, the on way that home. train. Yeah. Sometimes you got friends that get you off for a dinner and they go, oh, yes, the table's booked for 8.30. No. And I'm like, what am no. I supposed to do? We're basically becoming our parents. We are. You know, my parents like to eat at six <laughs> o'clock at night. That used to be an outrageous concept. Now I'm like, brilliant. Yeah. Because also, if you eat at six o'clock, you've got time to fit in another meal before bedtime. <laughs> or at least justify a nice slat snack. Yeah. Cheese and yeah. biscuits can come out. Yeah. No. Oh, it's weird, isn't I it? I think but... it's because you're so buff, though. Oh, please. No, I mean. Because <laughs> your body is basically metabolizing food yeah. so quickly. I mean, this is the theory, isn't it? Yeah. So now you've got to just keep it going in. Do you, I mean, I could imagine then people that say things like, oh, I just forget to eat you must go you're a crazy person i mean we have somebody here that does that mm. and i just think never ever in my entire life have i forgotten to eat no it just wouldn't happen because for a start you know three or four snacks in the handbag i've i've brought in a whole tin of flapjacks today <laughs> and, and that's just for you that's just for me that <laughs> lot aren't getting anywhere near it <laughs> i mean the one thing i will say actually uh, i've in recent months really embraced a more properly low gi diet Yes. And I will say, actually, I've noticed, because I used to be like you, I my eye was always on the next snack or the yeah. next meal. Even as you're eating one, you yeah. think about the next. But I have to say, since embracing that, I do now find myself, it creeps up, but suddenly it's one o'clock, I'm going, oh, it's lunchtime. Really? It, it, it's a nice surprise. So I, I think there is something in that, actually. So I mean, if anyone is a hangry monster like me and Jade, maybe you want to look at the low GI way of living. I, it's working for me so far, but don't get me wrong, I, I still don't forget to eat at you're all. You're thinking about food now. Well, it is lunchtime. <laughs> I mean, you know, I you mean, know, I'm I love starving. you. I'm doing this at lunchtime. I'm going to get hangry before I, I was the end say, of this. Everyone at home is going to notice this. They're getting really aggressive towards <laughs> this. <laughs> the longer we're trapped in this very lovely placid office, we're going to get angrier and angrier. I need to look at that because, I mean, that's the thing about writing books. You mm. put on weight. <laughs> All of those times at the weekend where I would have gone, up, got up and got for a run. Yeah. You're locking yourself away. Yeah. And, yeah. So you're literally getting up. You're trying to get up before the children wake up. So that you can do an hour or two writing, whereas previously you might have got up and done a blasted out a quick run. And also, I bet, and if, I think if, if ever it's like me, if I'm doing like an article, I'll yeah. I'll almost use a snack or a cup of tea oh, as yeah. a distraction. Yeah. Oh, I've done that now. I've, I've earned it. And, you know, and so you just justify that. that way mean, not... also, you now being freelance. <laughs> You've got to be careful. You've got the kitchen cupboards right there. I know. And now me in Vogue House opposite the canteen. <laughs> <laughs> where they've set up a tab for me. I mean, well, if I, I mean... don't put on a stone <laughs> between now and Christmas, something's gone badly wrong. And anyway, if, if you are listening, I can vouch for the fact that Jade and I are quite nice people. Just don't yeah. meet us between meals. Because <laughs> <laughs> God help you and don't walk slowly around us. Finally today, chaps. And Jade, obviously. Yeah. I don't know who I'm talking to. I'm talking to the chaps listening at home, hopefully. To finish on today, Jade... 
Is it just me who does not like a limp massage? This is going to sound really wrong. I don't really like many limp things. Like limp handshakes, limp wet handshakes. No. I feel a bit with massage. It's a bit like an exercise class. Yes. You want to feel something's happening, you know? So I I don't really like classes that I don't get really red in the face and I'm not really sweating through. And in the same way, I feel like with a massage, it almost needs to kind of hurt a bit. Yes. Well, I could easily convince myself that if they've hurt me by massaging me, that is my exercise for the day. Mm. And if they haven't, <laughs> then they, what they've actually done is stroked you. <laughs> and that's sexual. <laughs> it's a bit creepy, isn't it? I, it's horrible. I think sometimes like when you enter the massage room mm. and you see the little person your heart sinks because you think you're not going to be able to do this. Mm. I do want you to take me to the very edge of my pain Mm. threshold and just keep me there on the edge of tears. But then sometimes you get surprised. I've thought that about some people. I'm like, this this little woman's never going to be able to. And then suddenly she's like, ah. Have you ever done the old um, four hands? Oh, is that two people on you? Yes. No, again, to clarify, <laughs> we are still talking about a massage. Uh, no, I haven't. Is that amazing? That's amazing. amazing because wow. you can basically have one of them working the top of your body <laughs> while one of them's working the bottom. And, I mean, that is just the most amazing feeling. I'm a massive fan of the hot stone as well. Are you good? Because I, I always say as well with massage, it's one of those things that when I have it, I go, oh, it's about like going to the theatre. I always say, why don't I do this more often? Yeah. Are you pretty good at treating yourself in that way? I have started to have now weekly. I mean, I've been pretending it's physio, but it's not. It's massage. <laughs> if you say it's physio, it's a bit more socially acceptable. Yeah. But yeah. actually what I'm doing is going and spunking money on a massage <laughs> every single week. Um, and it's amazing. The, the woman I see is so good. She's like a proper sports masseur. Mm. So she really gets into all those areas that anyone who sits at a laptop for like yeah. 12 hours a day, you're so tight. Yeah. And I've had people get hold of me before that have basically said, I'm, you know, I'm not sure we can do anything for you because it is that tight. Wow. She is brilliant and she just completely unknots you. But the thing, I mean, this, the thing I don't like about a massage is when you have the full body massage and they go too high up the <laughs> inner thigh. That does make it me tense. It gets a bit awkward then, doesn't it? Yeah. I once had a horrendous massage in, I think I was in Sweden, and the guy locked the door. So, number one, it's a bloke doing it, which uh, maybe this is just me, but I, I don't like a bloke. You're already it. tense. I am tense now, because you're topless. All you've got on is a small pair of pants. He locked the door. I was, like, rigid with fear now. And he did this thing where he put my ankles on wooden blocks. So in doing that, slightly elevated the lower half of my body. But he also really spread my legs open. So they were very wide open. (laughs) And then (laughs) he did that thing where you put, you know, they do it sometimes. They put their hands in the middle of your back and they open their arms. So one goes up towards your neck. One goes down towards your bum, and in, and the one that goes down towards your bum pushes the towel off your bum a bit. Yeah. So now I was just like too exposed. What's going on? So I have to avoid but having were a you, man. Were you very British about the whole thing? He didn't say anything. Didn't say a word. <laughs> and he kept saying, "Why are you so tense? Why are you so tense?" I was say, I'm like, all ah. that happens in those situations is you become tense. So you're, it's oh. it's so counterproductive. You know, Completely counterproductive. I've and had then you're that. lying there thinking. You know, I'm spending quite a good chunk of money on this mm. and it's actually making me more tense. So and There's nothing worse than a massage where you just want it over because oh, you yeah. don't realise how long they are. Because sometimes you, yeah. when you have a good one, I love how we're, ta- we're taking this so seriously. <laughs> Everyone's at home going, this is the most ridiculous middle class do- uh, discussion I've ever heard. I've had a lot of them, haven't yeah. you? <laughs> 
I've had a few, but I mean, like I, said, I need to have more of them because I agree with you. Yeah. I think you know people who sit in desks and do exercise, and you know, yeah. you need them. And I think you're right. There is this like, oh, it's it's for rich, entitled, privileged people. But I yeah. think we have to get over that. It's actually not. Yeah. It's actually a really good thing to do for your general yeah. like. I think well-being and your health because yep. honestly I've had back pain neck pain and it's actually been massively helped by doing it yeah you you should do it if mm. you've got a desk job or you're sat on a train for hours over a laptop I I do think you should do it I re- would say probably half the people in this office have regular massage mm. that they pay for and you know yeah. that they set up and the because otherwise it's like anything if you just leave it you're tense 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 I, I also, since moving to the country, I'm literally a stone's throw from the Dalesford farm. Right. You can get some nice massage there. Mm. And that is a whole lovely day out. Get into that spa, drink the funny tea, have the nice massage. Oh, yeah. Go and spend 15 quid on a plate of salad. <laughs> <laughs> it's lovely. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and that's like you said. I think it's so funny how we can be very British about not saying. Like I said, I've sat yeah. there with both ways actually. Because sometimes I have said, "No, I like a very hard massage," yeah. and then it's too, and it's actually too painful, and, and then I still don't say anything, and then you can't correct. I know. Or even when they give you the option, they say, "Is that pressure okay for you?" Yeah, and it's not, but you say it is. It's a bit like when you're in the hairdresser, and they go, "Is the water too hot?" And it's actually yeah. scalding <laughs> the back of your neck. You go, "No, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine." <laughs> What is wrong what with is us? What is wrong with us? Why, that would never happen. An American would say, no. Yeah, they would give comes... constructive, healthy criticism, and we can't do it. It's ultimately a nice thing, isn't it? Because you're trying not to offend that person, because <laughs> yeah. they thought that water temperature was spot on, Yeah. and now you're having to point out it's not. Yeah. So you don't want to disappoint them. I know. That comes from a nice place, but it's, it's also quite pathetic. It really is. Come on, everyone, if you're like us, man up and just tell man them. Up. Tell them if it's too hard or too <laughs> soft. You can be Goldilocks of massage. <laughs> You need it just right. Jade, I knew you'd be a natural on this podcast. Thanks, well, thanks for taking the time out of your busy day. I'm so uh, you in. Oh, lovely to see you. Basically, everyone, if you haven't read Jade's book, The Almost Wife, do check it out. Available on Amazon right now. Jade, thanks for having me. Pleasure. Uh, and thank you to you guys for listening, and we'll see you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.